Good morning, good people. My name is Nikki, and I'm your host of the Black Girl Budget Podcast. Today, we have a special guest. Her name is Tremaine Wills, and I'm so excited that you're here. Tremaine, hi. How are you doing? Doing excellent. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. So before we even get into our topic, let me just tell y'all about Tremaine, because my girl is doing everything over here. She is an investment advisor, a tax strategist, and an accountant. She is the owner of Mind Over Money LLC, a registered investment advisor firm, and she focuses on helping ambitious Black women entrepreneurs manage their personal and business finances. Tremaine is a certified financial education instructor and is passionate about building wealth in our community, which y'all know I love. So her passion has led her to create and build Greater Academy and Greater Elite. These are programs that help clients get comfortable with investing and taxes, investing over $1.2 million and saving clients thousands of dollars in their tax liability. She was recently named top 50 under 50 by the Association of African-American Financial Advisors, top 100 financial advisors by Investopedia, and she was nominated for Entrepreneur of the Year by Black Brand, the, ha- the Hampton Roads Regional Chamber of Commerce. I told y'all, she's doing all of it. So Tremaine, thank you for joining us. I am so excited. Um, today, we're actually talking about something that I feel like we don't talk enough about. And and uh, honestly, when Tremaine and I were thinking of the concept for this podcast collaboration, it was really your idea where you were like, I want to talk about how our environments shape, you know, our approach to finances and what we think of finances, um, which is really important because I think a lot of times we don't even consider the fact that like what we have in our local neighborhood is really going to affect how we view those resources and resources that are not in our local neighborhoods. So the first thing I just want to know is like, what are some of the financial products that you think are missing from predominantly Black communities? You know, I think, I don't think that there is a product shortage. Mm -hmm. I think that there is a lack of education. So oftentimes in our community, we hear people talking about, you know, insurance and you need to get on Robinhood or all this different Bitcoin. And there was a huge push for like Sheba. And I'm like, you know, so like people are just, they're saying all of the things, but there is no education behind why we should do the things that we should do. And people are just running with whatever they hear on social media. So I think that in our community, we get sprinkles of, you know, what the products are. Um, Because we hear about them and we start talking, but there's no education coming from the people who are actually knowledgeable about how to best use these products that are available. So I think that once we have more people who are knowledgeable that can explain, you know, um, tax planning, that can explain portfolio management, that can explain like how to not be mad (laughs) with the IRS, right? And like leverage all the tools that are built to help with wealth accumulation, then, you know, we can really start to shift. So I I don't think that there's a lack of product. Um, I do think that there's a lack of knowledgeable and credible advice in our spaces. I can definitely see that. I feel like, you know, we get on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, whatever, and people are like, y'all should be investing in X, Y, Z. And I see this all the time where people are like, okay, but tell me how I'm supposed to do that. Like, even if I open a Robinhood account, then what do I do? So mm-hmm. I love that you said there should be more education because it's one thing to drop a six second video and be like, this is why y'all should get on Robinhood. I made X, Y, Z money. But then like, if you put the knowledge and the information behind it, it's, it's almost like the concept of, 
teach a man how to fish, right? Mm -hmm. Like I could do it for you, but I could also teach you how to do it. And then for years, you got that longevity of knowledge. Where you're like, Oh yeah, I totally know how to use my Robinhood account or Shiba Inu or whatever the thing is, right? Mm -hmm. um, now, what I didn't realize is that there's a, I guess uh, it's called a food, not food, I'm thinking of the wrong word, but it's called like the banking desert. So in some communities, there's either like a banking or a credit desert. And um, it it's the lack of those things in communities. Do you think that that is something that also affects our community and how we access resources? Yes, absolutely. And I think that this is probably one of the, like the deep things that run to our core. Um and the lack of access to traditional financial institutions can end up hurting us for the rest of our lives, right? Because mm -hmm. we get accustomed to, oh, when I don't have access to cash, well, there's no bank, so I'm just going to go to the pawn shop, or mm -hmm. I'm just going to go to, you know, the car title place and trade in these assets that I have for quick cash when had I had access to uh, a lending institution that could really show me how to leverage what banks are supposed to do I wouldn't start this cycle of well this is what's here so this is what I have access to right and this is why like I'm so happy we're having this conversation because sometimes we don't know just how much our environment shapes the way we think about money right. and we are literally being conditioned to take the most expensive courses of action to try to put ourselves in a better position, right? So if all I know is the vicinity that I live, but the things that are in my vicinity are not the best options, then I won't even know that I'm not doing what I should be doing because this is what everybody around me is doing. Yeah. So it has to be right. Yeah, so. that's so true. Um, I I honestly feel like I've gone into pawn shops to purchase things before, but never used it as a form of like, okay, I need cash. But I, but I know family members who have. Mm -hmm. So I've, in my mind, I'm like, oh, okay, pawn shops are there to buy things at, you know, a, a cheap rate, right? But then I know family members who are like, no, 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 the pawn shop is there for like, if you need money, like if you need quick cash. Um, so, so it really does depend on, you know, what you have access to, but then also what's in the community itself. Yeah. And um, the Federal Reserve actually posted some statistics from 2020 to 2021 that say about 40% of Black households are either unbanked or underbanked, which I I guess in my mind, I also didn't know it was a thing either. I'm like, you can be underbanked. Okay, mm -hmm. got it. Um, does that tend to push Black people to use more of those alternative financial services like the pawn shop that you mentioned? Absolutely, right? Because the one thing about us as a community, it's like find a way or make a way, mm -hmm. right? And so even though we might be underbanked or, or unbanked, we still have to get the bills paid. That's true. So when you know how to turn something into nothing, right? To make those ends meet, you figure out what's the way to do it. Yeah. So, and I, I love that about us, but I hate that we don't have access to the appropriate channels to apply with that grit, right? Imagine yeah. if it's like find a way or make a way, but let me find the best way, right? <laughs> and not just what has been in my my circumference. And so, mm -hmm. um. That, that 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 really pushes us to these more expensive alternatives, right? And the, the, the crazier part about it is like, it's not just that these are the things that are in our community, they're the most expensive ways yes. to get access to money. And I'm like, how backwards is that? The communities that already are trapped in cyclical poverty are being pushed further into that cycle because 
the cost to get money is astronomically more expensive. Yeah. But it's like, this is all you're giving me access to. So how do I fix it? Right. So I think that um, the, the underbanking and being unbanked, it really perpetuates how this gap is widening because mm-hmm. if I don't have access, how do I change it? Yeah, that's a really good point. I feel like I drive through some neighborhoods and just driving through, I'm like, oh, there's a pawn shop, there's a payday loans or quick loans, um, even like an Amscot. I I remember going into Amscot and just like grabbing a handful of Tootsie Rolls and running out. <laughs> like I knew nothing. And this is like in high school, we happened to have an Amscot like right next to our school. So we were always just like, hey, y'all, what's up, Tootsie Rolls? And, you know, we were out, but it never really dawned on us that like, yeah, there's an Amscot, but like, where was the nearest bank to our high school? It, they weren't very close. Now they have some. But when you drive through these communities, like you can almost see where it's like, okay, here's a quick loans, payday loans, pawn shop, pawn shop, pawn shop. And then over, you know, the course of two or three miles, you haven't seen a bank or maybe even the ATM is in a gas station, but the service charge for ATM might be $5 or something. So yeah, it's giving predatory vibes. It's what it's giving because- Incredibly predatory. Yeah. I mean, like, like you said, why does it cost so much money to get money in these particular communities? And then we do end up in that cyclical uh, system where it's just like, oh, you know, I got to pay the bills. And I love that we're resourceful. I love that that Black people are resourceful, but but we shouldn't have to be resourceful to our own detriment, right? Like, it's like, okay, this is what's accessible. I mean, I have no other choice but to use this when it could be like as simple as you just go to your bank and you just withdraw the cash. Mm-hmm. But, but And when I talk about accessing things, it's not just, oh, it's not in my community. It's also, well, it's kind of in my community, but it's also hard for me to get to, right? People who are elderly, people who have disabilities, people who maybe work more than one job can't go to the bank between nine and five. Like right. those are also accessible disability issues. Mm-hmm. So I personally think this is a like a form of predatory financial practices. Um, do you think that this is just something that's more prevalent in, in Black communities because that's just how these communities need to be shaped? Or is it something that we could possibly do to kind of um, get more accessibility into our communities? You know, this is such a loaded question. Um, <laughs> but a lot of this really goes back to where we are on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? When I'm in a position that I am barely surviving and covering my like my very, very basic needs, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to think about what steps I should be taking to change my future. And for so many of our communities, a lot of us are trapped at that bottom level, right? Where we can't even get to the places of actualization And having the opportunity to like, okay, what is actually going to happen next week? Right. Right. Some of us are like, I got to make through the next 30 minutes. Right. Right. (laughs) And so so it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a battle because you have to battle between what do I have to do right now to get everything done so that I could just survive versus how do I also plan so that this is not something I'm experiencing regularly. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, that's a tough challenge because if I'm stuck in survival mode, I, my creative space is not open enough no. that I can even see other solutions, right? But since we're talking about like, some of these other solutions are becoming familiar with the economic development in your community, mm-hmm. right? Understanding like, 
how are things structured around here? What goes where and why? Right. Mm -hmm. And being um, intentional with asking these questions. So even though there might be strip malls and things in your community, what are those institutions? What are those establishments? Who is the target audience for those establishments? Right. Mm -hmm. And are these spaces that are going to put money back into the community? Are they sucking the community dry? And when you think about it like that, you can start to really see, okay, yes, they put a strip mall here, but it's a pawn shop. It is a rainbow. It's, you know, you know, that, that kind of stuff, right. Where yes, it's, it's stuff that we do need clothes, right. I do need, I do need access to cash, but it's not the things that are going to help me build wealth. It's not the things that are going to last and add value. So taking a really deep dive into like, okay, what communities have the Starbucks and mm-hmm. Trader Joe's and the, the shopping centers that are bringing in the higher dollars, right? Because that money, those tax dollars get poured back into that community. So mm-hmm. we like really taking a step back and having the, the space and the privilege, honestly, it's a privilege to be able to think at this level, Yeah, to know that like there is development happening based on the type of audience in particular communities and the outcomes that they expect. Yeah. And so we really have to get to a place where we can demand that the expectation of where we live is a higher quality of life. Absolutely. I agree. And it kind of, this might be a little random, but it kind of reminds me of a conversation I was having with an older family member. Um, and I was asking them, you know, like during the civil rights movement, what were you doing? Like, were you protesting? Were you with the people? And she, it was like an older aunt. She was like, I had seven kids and no husband. Like, she's like, I, while I knew what was going on, I didn't have the time or the capacity to go out and do this. Like, I was trying to feed three kids under the age of five. And like, you know, she was she was saying all these things. And I was like, that, that makes it like, you're trying to survive. So do you really have the capacity or the room to say, let me get on some community board and figure out what the zoning like, you know, what's going on in the community That's and what it. they're building. And you really don't. So I, I I agree. It is coming from a place of privilege to even have a space where you can just talk about, oh, they're not putting the right products in our community. Right. And, and you don't have to worry about, oh, my gosh, I need to go to work or I need to go check on my kids or something. So I think a part of this when we talk about the Black community is also those of us who do have the privilege to sit down and have these kind of conversations is to join those community boards. Join, right. and even if you don't live in that community, like we all know the Black communities in our neighborhood that are suffering from, you know, developers that are preying on the people in that community and different products that are just taking advantage of the community. So you can get on those boards as well. And you can also voice and stand up and advocate for other people who look like you, but are just in different financial circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it is really important to acknowledge that this is a privileged space to be in and we should use that privilege to then help other people who are in survivor's mode. That's right. And they don't really have time to say, you know, let me let me go figure out what I can do to make sure that we don't have these kind of predatory practices in my community anymore. That's right. Um, so what are some tips, I guess, to avoid needing and relying on those predatory services like money orders, check cashing services, pawn shops, auto loans? Like there's so I feel like I just go through a list of these tax refund advances. Uh, what are some ways that we could avoid like relying on those? Not that always using them is um, like using them is bad, but I guess consistently using them. Like how can we get out of that habit? <sighs> So again, we're talking about another privilege, right? 
Um, and it's planning, having a budget. Cause then you really know like what your upcoming expenses are going to be. And being in a space where you're ahead of, um, what those expenses are and not having to rush to catch up. Mm. A lot of times we have to resort to, <clears throat> excuse me, whatever the quickest or closest solution is because we're playing catch up. We are mm-hmm. responding to something that already ha- already happened. So instead of being reactive, switching to being proactive where we have a budget. So I know that on the 5th, the rent is due. And on the 18th, the car insurance is due and all of these things mm-hmm. so that by that time I have what I need and I don't have to go to the most expensive place because I'm already prepared. So again, of course, this is privilege, but getting to a place where I can start to get ahead of it and learning how to advocate for ourselves. Many times, in addition to being underbanked and unbanked, we're underpaid, yes. right? And so um, this And I think this is another whole different conversation, but oftentimes people assume that just because someone doesn't have a lot of money means that they're irresponsible with their money. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. not always the case. Now, I think that more often than not, it's not the case. Usually it's that they're underemployed. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm underemployed and underbanked, I don't even have enough money or the institution to help me sort out the problems that I'm having with my finances. So I just get pushed deeper and deeper down. And so a lot of it is going to be being intentional about seeking out the resources that can help change, like listening to podcasts like this, Mm -hmm. um, finding financial influencers and people who talk about like, what are the real actions I need to take step by step right now? I got bills due. I don't have no money. What's the resource, right? Yeah. Um, And like getting a list of those. So Getting in touch with community resources that are in the area and like letting go of pride. Okay. Oh, right. Because yeah. oftentimes we're like, I can do it. I can muster through. I can power through. But listen, if I can qualify for EBT or emergency assistance cash or any of those things, I'm going to get it. And you better believe that some of these people that don't look like us, they have no pride when it comes to getting financial assistance. No. And so. Either. If you can qualify and you can get to a place where you know you're not going to have to rely on it forever, leverage the temporary relief. Yeah. Because okay. it can really help pull you out of whatever situation you're in so that you can move to the next place. Especially Black women, we've been conditioned to be independent and I got to have all the answers and nobody's going to see me sweat. Mm-hmm. And baby, we out here like dripping, about to pass <laughs> out because it's, it's, We are not designed to do everything by ourselves and to not need help ever, right? So just letting go of that pride and going directly to who has the answers, right? Because sometimes we don't have them and that's okay. Nobody has them all. So letting letting that that pride go and getting into solutions mode, but with the real solutions, not just what's going to make me feel, you know, not like a failure, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So I think that's what it is. I didn't realize you were going to get on the podcast and preach today. So <laughs> let the church say amen. I mean, you you touched on really good things just now. Um, the first thing is that, well, well, like you were just saying, like, let go of that pride, right? A lot of times we're taught that, you know, you just got to, you either got to suffer through and make it work or you got to basically suffer through and make it work. So let go of that pride, let go of that ego. There's no shame. There's nothing wrong with asking for help and seeking out help. There is nothing wrong with that. There are a lot of communities that do have those resources available. Um, so that's very important. The other thing is just, you know, 
even if we think about, I believe yesterday was Black Women's Equal Pay Day mm -hmm. uh, to show like how long it takes Black women to make the same amount of money as a white man. Uh, but when we think about it, if you are underemployed, you're already not making a lot of money. And then you also have predatory financial services in your community that are charging you more, astronomically more money than another community. So now you're getting hit twice as hard. You already don't make enough and you have to pay twice as much for whatever service you need. So it really does, you know, turn on the head of, am I being irresponsible with my money or do I just not have enough money? And so I try to tell people, especially clients that I have, like, listen, I will be honest and say, you just don't make enough money. That's right. There, there is not enough budgeting in the world. I, there's not enough. I, you couldn't invest your way out of this. You just don't make enough money, right? Like you're not even in a point where you could save for your emergency fund, let alone invest as well. So sometimes we have to be honest and just say, this isn't a financial responsibility or being irresponsible issue. This is literally, I don't make enough money. And on top of that, the services and the, the taxes and the things in my neighborhood cost more than what they would in another neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, so, which is another reason why you shouldn't feel ashamed if you're behind on bills or something. It's just, it's even more reason for you to seek out those services and to seek out the help that you might need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's credit counseling. Oftentimes at credit unions, shout out to the credit unions, okay? Yes. Um, you can get guidance from professional people and it not cost anything additional, right? right? And so sometimes we think like, oh, it's going to cost me all this money to, you know, get the help that I need. And that's not the case. It's really going out and seeking, like, who can help me? Right. Right. Um, and oftentimes your credit union is a place to start. Oh, yeah. If Anywhere that you have, like, an account with, they have some expert who's in the back not doing anything, waiting for someone <laughs> to come ask them a question. <laughs> like, she said not doing anything. Ask someone who used to work at a bank. I can say that this is true. That's accurate. <laughs> I mean, and they're really, they're there to help us and they really are just waiting. I, um, someone was asking me a question the other day about investing and I was like, where, whatever company you invest with, whether it's Charles Schwab, Betterment, wherever it is, call them and ask them specific questions about the products and services that you are using for like, they get paid to do that. They're just waiting for people to call and ask questions. So whether it's Truist or uh, Bank of America, whoever you have. I guarantee you they have specific people that are simply there to answer whatever questions you might have or to help you fix, you know, any financial needs that you might need as well. That's right. That's yeah. right. We really now, have to focus on, and I don't know if you're going to ask this question, but it made me think about Bank of America. I thought about fees. <laughs> I thought about how much we are paying in fees because we don't have enough money, right? Overdraft yeah. fees and account maintenance fees and, you know, we, uh, I was reading an article and it told us that we spent 189 billion in fees yeah. in 2018, right? That's an average of 3,000 a year, yeah. right? Now, what could you do with $3,000 for somebody that is like struggling? Oh, a lot. <laughs> okay, $3,000 oh. is like, depending where you are, at least a month of rent, maybe two. And right. so- like really getting ahead of what's happening with your money can save you in just the fees alone um, mm -hmm. that is costing you to bank. Yeah, that's so true. I, I read an article that, um, I can't remember which bank now, but uh, there are some banks that are trying to get rid of overdraft fees. Oh yeah, Ally. 
Yeah, my place. Okay, I love them. Ally to call me because I stand ally. I'm like, listen, y'all. I can't get enough of y'all. I have my high yield savings account with them. I'm just like, just let me be the face of your company. Right? Listen, and I have named my accounts in there. They have a farming name. So I don't call my emergency fund the emergency fund. Mm-hmm. I call it the I am great fund. Oh, okay. Because I don't, I don't like the negative naming. Like it makes me not want to use it. I am great. Just lets me know I'm prepared. So the mm-hmm. money's here if I need it. Right. Okay. Um, but yes, Ally, shout out to Ally. I, I love Ally. If y'all need uh, an online banking, like A-L-L-Y, Ally, this is not even a paid sponsorship. See what I'm saying? Like, one day, one day it will be. Exactly. They need to call us. But yeah, Ally is really good. Um, I do like them. I use them. I, I, and I even love their app too. It's very easy to use. And that's another thing. Um, a lot of people, even if they can't make it to a bank, online banking is another really good and accessible form. Because I mean, you can download your bank app right next to your TikTok app and your Instagram app. Like you just, you hit all of them first thing in the morning when you wake up, you hit all your apps and then boom, you're ready to go for the day. And so online banking has made it, you know, easier for people, but you have to know that your bank does have an app that you can use. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of a bank that that doesn't have an app. So make sure that if you are having accessibility issues to your bank or to your financial institution to get the app, it will definitely save you time. As a matter of fact, I got a check in the mail yesterday and I was like, I'm not going to go to the bank and cash this. So I literally just, I took the little picture, uploaded it to the app and it was deposited immediately. So things like that can really save you time and effort as well. Um, and it just, it makes your finances so much easier. Yes. So y'all, please keep that in mind. Um, so Tremaine, just can you give us a little bit about um, Mind Over Money and just tell us a little bit about what you have coming up and what you're doing? Yeah, yeah. So my company, Mind Over Money, is a full service financial planning company. Um, I am believing that we are going to be a premier financial institution to rival Bank of America. Okay. Um, right now, we offer comprehensive financial planning, investment management, um, we have a subsidiary that also does bookkeeping, tax planning for entrepreneurs, um, I and I have an education company. And so inside of our education company, we are teaching and promoting financial literacy. So um, in the intro, we talked about Greater Academy, and that's what the academy does. So we are helping people become more comfortable with their finances and giving them access to the same resources that I leverage for my clients who are able to pay for financial planning services. So I'm super excited. Um, about where this is going and just the ability to be another voice in the financial um, education space to really reach and teach more people. Nice. I love it. I love it. Do you have any courses or classes or anything coming up in the near future? I am teaching a class on Sunday. Um, It's called Stop Losing Money. It's for entrepreneurs to help you plug holes. And so one of the ways that many of us are resourceful is by creating an additional stream of income, right? And oftentimes we do it without the guidance of an accountant or financial professional. And so we don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. And so this course is going to help you identify like where your business is losing money, how you can increase your profit margins and just make it easier to run a profitable business. Gotcha. Okay. That's so exciting. I'm, I need y'all to go check that out. Um, if you have a business, if you're thinking of starting a business, just go check it out. Um, and yeah, I mean, check out Mind Over Money. Tremaine has a lot to offer, a wealth of knowledge and information. So you guys definitely follow her. Make sure that you go check out her website and see what services you can get. Because again, there's no shame in getting help. And the more you know, that e- honestly, the more knowledge you have, the easier it is to do things is, is really how I feel. Um, Tremaine, thank you so much for being with us 
us today and just giving us all your insight and information. Um, I look forward to doing this again. And I look forward to seeing that Mind Over Money is going to become a premier financial institution. <laughs> Thanks again. Thank you for having me. No problem.